Amen. Well, today we're going to be talking about another court case, but I want to I want to tell you something that's very interesting to me. I mean, it's, it's interesting, it's frustrating, it's um, everything. And that is, we are striking a chord in this court. Um, I think we're we're striking in, and obviously we're striking in areas we've never struck before, but, and all I can assume is when you get a badger cornered, they go after things, right? They, they do what they can. They're mean. A badger is very mean, right? The enemy's the same way. Especially a badger that's been injured. And not just a badger, but really just about any kind of animal. The enemy I'm finding is the same way. The more he is injured, the more he is cut down. The more his sources are depleted. He is fighting back with a ferocity that we've not seen before. I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is that perhaps God is opening things up, and that's what he's fighting. You know, I don't know. We, we, don't, we don't live in that realm, so we don't know. We, we're left to guess, but I can tell you it's stepped up. The warfare this week has been, in many ways, unlike something we've ever seen before at our house. And we've seen a lot at our house. But leading up to this last court case, um, there were attacks on Alexis, I mean, almost constant. There were attacks on Yvonne as well. But yesterday was an extraordinary day in terms of these attacks. And he attacks us in different ways. I don't know if I was being attacked with this spirit of slumber or if I was just really tired. (laughs) But I was upstairs sleeping to wake up to the breaker anointing. (laughs) That's a difficult thing to wake up to. Especially when when you're not real sure what's going on. But I think the reason why he has come so strong against it, and part of it I don't understand because it's not with authority, I mean, to my knowledge. Not sure how he can do it. I know in that moment, the breaker came twice through Alexis yesterday. And, and within probably a span of 10 minutes, which that's never happened before. And, and the father said, consecrate our house, which I did. And then, then things started to calm down. But then this morning, Yvonne was hit the same exact way. 
I'm telling you this only to, not, not to give you an answer, because I don't have an answer, but to tell you, be aware. Be aware. Don't think that things are just what they may seem on the surface. You know, be aware that you're on a battlefield. Be aware that even though you may not be somebody that's in the court, don't think that you're not on the battlefield. If you're part of Ignition, I promise you, you're on the battlefield. Be aware of that. Be prepared for that. This, uh, before I get into the court case, because this, this was, I know I say it every week, but this one was really interesting. Um, but before I get into that, I want to say something else. We're starting to see fruit of these court cases come to fruition in what we see in the open marketplace. Okay, um, We're also seeing fruit of our prayers that literally we've been praying now for what going on three years every night on this prayer call. Which, by the way, get on the prayer call. Be on the prayer call. Every night, 8.30. And then Nigeria does one every morning, 6 a.m. Our time. Eastern time. But what we're seeing come to fruition are some of these things that we've been praying for for a long time. And we've seen them be dismantled in the courts. One of the things we've been praying for is a transparency of the enemy, even specifically in the bride. I mean, we've been praying it for a long time in the government, right, for, for truth to be shown, what people really stand for to be shown. It, politicians are really, really good at hiding what they really stand for. You know, they have a great speech at what they want to have people believe they stand for, but what they really stand for is what's in their hearts, and we've been praying that that be exposed. It is being exposed, guys. But we've been praying the same thing, and the Lord's been saying that it will happen in the church as well. It will happen in the bride. And this week marked a significant move forward in that. It hurts my heart, but expect it because it's coming, and it's going to come a lot more. I don't know how many of you saw the, uh, the article that Christianity Today put out. I'm sure everybody did. It was all over Facebook. It was all over Fox News, right? And I'm sure it was over the others as well, although I wouldn't know because I don't watch them. The only time I watch CNN or MSNBC is, is if I, I want to get a real sense of how the enemy wants to work. Then I'll turn them on. And I'll see. But Christianity Today, in case you didn't know, Christianity Today put out an article saying that, well, now that Trump was impeached, he needs to be removed. Okay, let me state something right up front. Christianity Today, that magazine does not represent me. Flat out. I'll also go as far to say boldly and absolutely it does not represent God. Not even close. It represents a religious system that is going to die. 
And the very fact that they took that bold step to put that out there was a result of the courts. It was a result of their boldness, feeling this boldness, probably because they don't even know why. But they just had to get it out there. This is the line being drawn in the sand for the bride. See, God is going to show who are for him and who are not. Who say they're for him, and yet their lives don't show it. Now, am I saying this because they don't like Donald Trump? No. It's got nothing to do with him. It's got nothing to do with Donald Trump. It's got to do with the fact that Donald Trump is God's appointed man for this hour. Now, I'm not going to begin to agree with who he is as a person. I don't even know him as a person. I know what I can read on social media. I know what I can read about his past. But I don't know him. I certainly don't know his heart right now. And I don't need to. Because all I need to know is what the Lord told me. And that he is working through him to bring a destruction to the pillars of our government that have worked under the surface for so many years. What makes you think that God would use somebody or would choose to use somebody who would reach all the moral standards that the world thinks that they should reach to be able to talk about what he talks about? Do you recognize that a person like that would never even get the ear of this world? Which is sad and breaks my heart, by the way. It was the same thing in Cyrus's day. Same exact thing. So understand what's going on right now is God is putting a dividing line in his bride. It's got nothing to do with believing Donald Trump is a Christian or not. I hope he is. I don't know if he is. I believe with my whole heart he will be. I believe with my whole heart not only will he be, but he will be a passionate, passionate believer in Jesus Christ. Where that will be all that is important to him. That's just my belief. Will it happen? I don't know. That's between him and God. It doesn't matter to me for my purpose in stepping forward, stating what I believe. Stating what we believe in the court. Stating what this country is on the surface and has been underneath the surface. See, what this country is on the surface is a Christian nation filled with all this God-given blessing and this morality. We're under the surface. It's sick and disgusting. And it's abhorrent to God. He's rooting that up. He's tilling that ground so it becomes exposed. 
Because you know what? Healing can only be done when it's exposed. You can't have healing in the dark. You can't have healing where it stays hidden. It becomes exposed. That's what God's doing. Trust in what he's doing. What you're going to see over the next few months, over the next year leading up to this next this next election will probably be things that we've not seen in my lifetime. I don't even say that with anything specific in mind. But you're going to see the enemy as he gets crushed more and more and more. You're going to see him as a wounded animal fight harder and harder and harder. Don't give up, church. Don't give up. Keep the sword to his throat. Because at some point, you're going to be able to push it through. You will. So keep it there. So shame on you, Christianity, today. I'm sure the fact that that newspaper, I think their magazine or whatever it is, that was started by Billy Graham, I'm sure just hurts the heart of God because of the intentions of how it was started. So, anyways, maybe we'll change the name on it. I don't know. Fake Christianity Today. How's that? Like fake news. Fake Christianity. I think you're going to have a lot of people take up that banner. All right, so we'll get into this week's. It is funny. It has been week each week, right? But um, we did have a court case this last Thursday. I do know there are seven. This is number five. So we have two more. Right? Yeah. I think. that right? Yeah. I wasn't looking upstairs at Angel. I was looking at Alexis, by the way, for confirmation there. Although she is my angel. <laughs> okay. Try and hold that in with your voice. But uh, it was interesting because some people asked me how how this went, and 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 my comment was, man, this was a long one. And then when I got the transcription, it, it was it was shorter than the others, and I thought, how in the world did that happen? And then it dawned on me. Part of the length of it was at the very beginning, and I'll I'll explain that here in a second, but it took us a while to get into the court, and I'll I'll explain why. So so what I thought was this really long one was actually a little bit shorter one. I will tell you, though, that to date, they have consistently got more and more difficult. And this one was really difficult. When, When I read the transcript, you'll understand. Um, because I think we're getting into some arguments that even Christians hold. And, and, and yeah, that, that really makes sense. That argument makes a lot of sense. And then they buy into the agreement of that argument. You're going to see what I mean when I read it. All right? This particular spirit was called the spirit of inequality. 
if, if you want to think of a, a portion of that is racism, okay, but it's not just racism, even though that was dealt with heavy in the court. But it's this idea of inequality, this idea of, of one being better than another, one being more deserving than another. This idea of fairness. Ooh, that's a tough one for a Christian. Because you start looking through the Old Testament and tell me what you see in there that's fair. I mean, really? Well, just to give you a little preview, that's what this spirit used. And it was a very interesting argument. But let me get into, into this. Um, again, when we, when we went in, usually what we try to do, we go into the ready room first. And because uh, I, I like to make sure, Father, do I have everything I need? You know, yes, you do. Okay, we're ready to go. And, and so we attempted to do that this time. But let me back up to a few days before. I, I was just begging the Lord to download to me because I knew this was a big one. You know, literally, this is the divide in America today. This idea of inequality, this idea of racism. It is the very divide in our country today. And I'm asking him for a download. And, and then it, it gets to be, you know, he kept saying, just, just rest in me, just rest in me. You know, I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you tomorrow. Then the next day, just rest in me. I'll tell you tomorrow. Next day, finally, it's the morning of the court case. It's Thursday morning. And... Okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm in my time of worship, and, and just download to me. Just download. Download. Nothing. Okay. All right. Go have breakfast. Have my coffee. Just talk with him. Just worship. Then it's 1 o'clock. Then it's 2 o'clock. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, we're running out of time here. You know, I need about 25 pages, and I've got about a paragraph. <laughs> You know, I need a little more than this. I don't know what to do. And, and as, as you can imagine, we all do. I start taking that on myself. Like, okay, what did I do wrong? Well, wow, maybe, maybe I should have done this last week. He could have downloaded this to me last week. But he didn't. So what, And you get yourself all worked up about this. And, you know, then, then I go back to my fallback. Lord, forgive me for anything that I have done wrong. Whatever I have placed before you, whatever I have done that, that has caused you to not download to me, forgive me for, clean the slate, Father. Please, just clean the slate and do what you need to do. Of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, you really need to download. And so I said, what do you need to do? And he said, you need to go take a nap. I'm thinking it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. we got to head over there in a couple hours. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe a short nap. And I go up there, and I, I think I slept for a couple hours. And really very little was downloaded. To me, a few small things were downloaded. Uh, that, and I, I, I don't, I'll, I'll say they were downloaded, but really it was through research. So then we came here, and, and, and God did give me a piece that, you know, I just thought, well, we'll go to your ready room, and you'll be able to tell me then what I'm missing if I don't have enough. And, and I kept hearing in the back of my mind, you've got what you need. You've got what you need. You've got me. You've got what you need. You've got me. I preferred it on paper 
by this point, because the Lord has warned me that words are very important in this court. I can't just wing it in this court. It has to be purely him. So we, we get here and, and, you know, decide, okay, I want to go to the ready room and we, we, we worship and we go into the ready room or try to go into the ready room and no, I, I don't, I don't see the doors. I don't see anything. And, and it's like this big block. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world? What are you doing? Were, were we not supposed to come to court tonight? Was it supposed to be a different night? And he kept telling me, trust me. Go to court. Then, and, and, and you, you'll see a little bit at the beginning here, you'll see the result of it. But then, Shannon, who, who it has been her position to be the seer in this, all of a sudden she can't see. And the Lord had told her, I'm going to close your eyes. And I'm thinking, okay. Well, that throws a new wrench into it, doesn't it? Well, the Tuesday before, I was in the ready room with the Lord, and the Lord said, I, I was asking him about Thursday, and he said, yeah. He said, Thursday is going to be interesting. You know, those are those phrases that it's like, uh-oh. I don't know what that means, but I'm probably going to be uncomfortable with it. <laughs> and that was the situation here. But, but I kept hearing him tell me, move forward, move forward, move forward. Just go. If you can't hear anything, if you can't see anything, move forward and trust me. And so finally we, we get around to, okay, I don't know what to do, but we're going to move forward. And I know that the Lord had promised Alexa's eyes to be opened at some point. And, you know, he's certainly going to somehow tell me, maybe he'll open my eyes. Maybe he'll open my ears and, and, and I'll be able to hear everything and see everything for myself. So I just asked, we worshiped and I just asked to, to go into the court of nations. And then at the, it was at that point that I had asked if anybody sees anything and, and then, in fact, are we into the transcript yet? Yeah. Okay. This is where we start the transcript. Okay. Um, I had asked, and we, we had all gone around, and I, I figured all of us just need to pray. We need to pray. Maybe, maybe by that time that we've all prayed, then, then God will have heard somebody's heart, and, and we will have manipulated it enough so some sight came back to us or something. I, Lord, you have to do something. So we all prayed, and then when it, by the time it got back with me, Lord just tell he just told me, Lord, how long are you going to delay this? You know, just get in here already. So I asked. So we get in there, and or we're we're at the doors. I assumed, um, and and I said, "Does anybody see anything?" And Carrie popped up, and she said, "I'm hearing that Alexis sees." <laughs> and I said, "Alexis, tell me what you see. Tell me what you imagine. Start with that." Alexis said, "Okay." And she was focused on the Lord, and she, she said, I see a huge door that is gray and has metal, a lot of metal on it, and the doors are opening. I said, do you hear anything? And she said, no. I said, Shannon, do you hear? And Shannon said, I hear drums. 
And now I'll just get into the transcript. Father, we ask entrance into your court of nations to bring before this court the spirit of inequality. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Tell me what you see, Alexis. What you see. Alexis said, we are in armor. We have weapons. Like a big long one with an arrow at the end of a long metal pole. And I said, a spear. She said, yes. She said, half of us are there and you are up front. We are walking down a long aisle. Now you have to, you have to recognize something. We've been waiting for this for a long time. So my reaction in my heart, I couldn't, I couldn't display because I just wanted to sit back and go, yes, yes. Oh, wait, i got to pay attention. Right? But the Lord was opening her eyes. She said, half of us are there, and you were up front. We are walking down a long aisle. I said, tell me when we are all in and when we've come to the place that we are to be. She said, it's not real clear, but I think we are all in. I looked back, and the doors were closing. I said, Father, we worship you and praise you. And, Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would allow us to worship to a song. His response was, yes, worship me. We then worshiped to the song Holy Ground and then to another song, Psalm 46, that the Lord had directed. Then I said, Father, we worship you and we declare your love for your people and the truth in every word that you put forth in Psalm 46. We declare it to come true in this realm because you are faithful and you are just and we worship you. If it please the court, I ask that you allow us to move forward with this next court session. And I ask that you bring in the spirit of inequality. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then I asked Alexa if she saw anything. And she said, I don't see anything beyond where we were or where we are. She said, I saw what you were doing during that song. I said, okay, look at the throne, focus on the Lord, that's all. Do you see a spirit being brought in? And she did not. I said, Shannon, what do you hear? Shannon said, when you asked for the spirit to be compelled, I heard the Father say yes, and I heard the doors open. The moving of metal and clanging of metal. I asked Carrie if she saw anything. She said no. I said, okay, does anybody else see anything? And John said, I don't know if I am seeing this or not, but I believe I'm seeing a huge boar or pig, pig thing, with gold around its neck and jewels around its neck. I said, do you see anything, Shannon? She said, does this boar have a gold ring in its nose? Because that's what I see. I just see the spirit. I don't see the courtroom. And John just said, I don't know if I see it in its nose because you said it. Then I offered something that I imagined I saw, but I won't, I won't share that because that, that wasn't necessarily from the Lord anyways. Father, I ask that you seal this courtroom. I ask that every window, every door, every opening be sealed by the power of your Holy Spirit and a warrior angel be placed outside of every opening to keep in what needs to remain in 
to keep out what is required to stay out. I release this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. It was at this point I I asked Alexis to tell me what she saw, and she said, I feel blocked because of my stomach. She was in incredible pain, which she has been for the last few weeks. I said, Father, I submit the enemy has come against Alexis for a long time, but specifically this week, knowing that you would be opening her eyes. Father, I declare that we will move through this regardless, because the enemy will lose. He will also lose the fight to keep her eyes closed, because you have already opened them. Father, what I ask for is reprieve in Jesus' name. I release Feniel and Michael to take this spirit that has come against her, this entity that she spoke of that moves about her abdomen. Grab it by the neck in Jesus' name and extract it to be cast to the abyss in Jesus' name. Father, all we can do is walk in full trust of you. I submit that before this court, so as you know our heart, it is our desire that even our opposition knows our heart, that this is nothing of us. For we are just your children, passionately in love with you, passionately in love with your Son, passionately in love with your Holy Spirit. I had asked then if Alexis saw anything yet, and she said no. Or anybody else, they said no. I asked Shannon, she said, I don't see things, but I am hearing different sounds. I said, okay, what do you hear? Shannon said, when you asked for a reprieve, I heard the word granted. I also heard, hear the drums. I said, Father, if it please the court, I ask and submit in Jesus' name, because sight is only in the process of being opened and has been fought. I ask for the confirmation that we can move forward because this spirit is fully here and engaged. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father then said, proceed. If it please the court, I would like to read Malachi 3, verses 16 through chapter 4, verse 5. And it says this. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. Forgive me, I just need to pray. Father, we worship you. And Lord, I know that some can see this reading as just informational. But God, help people to see what is really going on here, what is really going on in your courts, what is really going on in your heart. Father, I ask that the power that you have displayed in these courts be shown and resonate to your remnant. Father, pull your remnant together. Speak through me your words only, Father. Take me wherever you want this to go. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. 
then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Father, today I read this truth into the records of this court. You are bringing justice to your people, and nothing will stand in the way of your will. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection opened the door to equality for your people and your will for that equality. I submit Galatians chapter 3 verses 23 to 29 as evidence. Now, before, now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. From this point, through faith, Jesus, and this is me speaking. From this point, through faith, Jesus further declared your will. He began began to declare the importance of relationship with you through Christ, and in that relationship, people will reap according to the purity of that relationship. Jesus further reveals that there is no room for any racism, any inequality with others in regards to that relationship, because in you, all are equal. I offer Romans chapter 2, verse 6 through 11, and it says, He will render to each one according to his works. To those who, by patience, in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are, seek- who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first, and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. 
And finally, Father, Jesus, as the Son of God, showed by example the attitude and love that we are to have for everyone. Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 11 say this, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, It is declared by us here right now, Jesus Christ is Lord. And Father, his example is the greatest example that any of us could follow. Not only his life here on earth, as he lived a perfect life, but even his choice to come here in the first place. For as the Son of God, one whom was equal with God, by choice humbled himself to become a servant, to die for those whom he loved. Father, this example of putting others above yourself is the greatest example in existence. I submit this as a benchmark of how we should all esteem others above ourselves. Quite the opposite of what this spirit promotes. And Satan through this spirit. For this spirit simply promotes self and that there is nothing greater than self. Father, I submit this opening statement in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then Shannon responded, I hear what I presume to be the Spirit speaking. This is the spirit of inequality. I counter that there is not equality in men. Is not Israel favored over the nations? Are not the righteous favored over the wicked? Is it not true that Job was favored because he was righteous? Is it not true that Abraham was favored because he was a friend of God? You speak of this equality, but not all men are equal. Time and time again in the judge's word, those who follow him have precedence over those who don't. And those who believe in him have riches and treasure, glory even. In his word, he says the proud will be brought low. In his word, he says the wicked will receive their end. Does this not speak of a predestination of an inequality? Will not the world be ruled by the place of Jerusalem? Were not the Gentiles favored because first Israel was favored? In fact, the Gentiles were only brought in because Israel was favored. 
I see no equality here. I rest my case. I said, Father, may I respond? He said, yes. The clay in the potter's hand has no choice but to be the clay. The favor is in the potter's hand who creates it, not in the choice of the clay to become what it wants. The clay can only submit to the hands of the potter. Just as we can only submit to the will of the Father, I would also submit that there are different times that this Spirit speaks of. It may know your word, Father, but it does not know your heart. In the opening statement I read in your word how we were under the law prior to Jesus Christ. We were under a guardian. This law that is perfect and had a perfect requirement was then fulfilled by Jesus Christ who came to this earth as the Son of God becoming a man. The equality came when Jesus paid for that equality. I submit that your word says that we are all equal under God. Everyone who accepts Jesus Christ as Savior has an equality before God. The inequality comes in our own choice, for we have the choice to accept him or not. Just as prior to Christ, they had the choice to accept your law or not. That is what I mean by my first sentence about the potter and the clay. See, we can choose to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior or not. The equality comes when we become his children. I submit that this spirit is correct. There is no equality in your children versus not being your child. They have two very different destinations. But that has nothing to do with the influence of this spirit. For this spirit would argue that the one, that the one is always better than the other because of their own merit. And that is simply not true. We are saved because of grace. Because of the merit of your son, Father. Not by any of our own doing. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father then said to the Spirit, have you a response? The Spirit of inequality responded and said, Is not God the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? You quote the New Testament as if he is a different God. You speak of choice. What of Ishmael? What choice did he have in being cast aside by the Lord? To be unpicked. To be left out. It was from Isaac's line the Messiah came. What choice did Ishmael have in that? By birth he was equal, or by birth he was unequal. After some silence I said, Father, if I may respond. He said, yes. This spirit speaks as if this world and what we go through in this world is the end. Ishmael had the same choice that Isaac did, because it was not just affected in his earthly life here, but where he would spend eternity and with whom. In the grander scheme of things, his choice was no different than anyone else's. He was equal in the ability to receive your love, Father. The inequality came with the choices that he and others around him made. Yet that inequality 
was also something that was here on earth and not in heaven. I further submit that the first remark of this spirit is also incorrect. Not by saying that you are different now, because you are the same before, now, and forever. However, the circumstances are different. Prior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had not come and manifest as man, and had not lived a life offering himself as Messiah on the cross. When he came, there was a shift at that point in time that created a difference from the old to the new. Father, you did not change, nor will you ever change. But the circumstances in which you see your children have changed. Because Jesus Christ, as the Son of God becoming man, living a perfect life, offering that life on the cross for our sin, rising from the dead, and sitting at the right hand of your throne, Father, has paid for the right of us to be seen differently by you. Father, as as I stand before you right now, you see me through the filter of my Savior, your Son, Jesus. That is how you can even look upon me. That is how I can look upon you. Because Jesus has built the perfect bridge that allowed relationship to be built between us. So equality does not depend on a difference of time, old versus new. Equality is compared to those who are alive at the same time. We cannot be compared to Ishmael, but yet Ishmael can be compared to Isaac. And both had the same choice. Circumstances in their lives might have been different because we pay a price of sin for the sins of our fathers. But nevertheless, it does not change our choice. You have promised in your word, if we seek you, we will find you. That is not just a New Testament thought, for you have always been there for us to find. Ishmael could have found you, so could any other. I submit this in Jesus' name. Shannon then said, I hear a lot of shouting in the courtroom and the father calling everyone to order. Now I don't hear anything. Alexis then said, I see this spirit is pacing back and forth, very angry. I said, Father, if the spirit has nothing else to submit in in regards to our opening statements, we will move on to section one. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Shannon then heard the spirit say nastily, I have none. And she heard a sharp gavel and the father say, you will respect this court. And then he said, please continue. I said, Father, the origins of this spirit go way back to the beginning of time. Put throughout history created a divide between people that never should have been there. Even all the way back to Cain and Abel, where Cain thought that he was better than Abel and then acted upon that. Inequality has many divisive properties that are on trial today, and we will list a few and we'll discuss them. However, it is our desire that this spirit be placed on trial in its entirety, and not simply the characteristics that we list. Father, I submit even the haughtiness of this spirit in this courtroom is example of what he thinks of others, and his influence permeates those 
that think they are better than other people. The basic thought process of this spirit is self-promotion, self-preservation. For there is nothing more important to this spirit than itself. And the influence that this spirit has had on this country has brought us to places that we've been, that have been devastating. Not only for your bride, for those who love you, but for this country as a whole, and this region as a whole, and this world as a whole. Father, I also submit that it's truly opposite of what you intend, which we will get into in section three. But this spirit has brought a divisiveness even in your bride. We see in churches all over the world that will not speak to other churches, both of them knowing your son is Savior, but will not speak to each other because they feel that they have a closer understanding of your word and the others are not good enough to associate with. However they want to explain that verbally, it comes down to the influence of this spirit. The influence of this spirit breaks apart your bride. It breaks apart this country, let alone the world. If we look at the very fabric in every area of this country, you see the work of this spirit. Always trying to better the other one. Always thinking of themselves rather than somebody else. And if there is a compassion shown, then it's usually shown within a group. But then that group is better than the other group. How rare it is to find individuals and certainly other groups that put others above themselves. And truly, through the purity of love, view those around them. I submit that this is because of the influence of this spirit, and specifically the one who holds its chain, which is Satan, the coward that has never been back to this court, by the way, since he left. Father, I submit that this spirit is perhaps to date the most devastating spirit that has come against people in general, but in particular, your people. I submit evidence even going on today, Christians that have been forced out of areas of service, even in our government, Christians forced to do things they would not normally want to do because of the influence of this spirit. Like, for instance, people being taken to court to operate in a business in a way that they do not desire to operate out of their own conscience before you, but they are forced to because of this spirit. The sad part is that it is the... It is in the name of equality, and yet there is nothing equal about it. I submit the power of this spirit permeates every part of who this nation has become. And we could not begin to list all the tentacles of this spirit, but in the core of it, it is the thought process that he is better than everyone else. And because of that, deserves more than, any, than anyone else. This is opposite of your will. Father, opposite of your desire for your bride and for all of mankind, I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. And Father, I would like to ask the court to recognize Wendy. I did not prepare her for this. Even though you laid it on my heart, you didn't tell me to prepare her. But I would like Wendy to state from her own heart the effects of this spirit, even specifically when it comes to racism. I ask that Wendy be recognized in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then the father said, this court recognizes Wendy. Wendy, would you like to testify? Wendy said, yes, Lord. 
Father said, the court receives you. Wendy then said, Father, I've grown up to recognize everyone as being equal. I've never experienced racism until I came to this country at the age of 20. It blew my mind that someone would think they are better than someone else. As I've learned that we are all equal in your eyes. There have been times when I've been looked upon as the color of my skin, which I know, Lord, there is a purpose and a reason why you've made us all different. Because you want us to love each other the way that we see each other, through your eyes and not what we think of each of the other person because they are different in any way. And there have been times when I've been taught to be less than because my skin color is different. And Lord, you've shown me that the ignorance of those that have made some vile statements, even saying I should go back to Africa where I belong. Father, I know you love all people that you created. And even the ignorance of those who said that. I wasn't born in Africa, which you you know, Lord. Yes, my bloodline did originate in Africa, but that did not give anyone the right to identify me as someone that doesn't belong. At times... I've heard that I couldn't breathe the same air that they were breathing. And it was very, very emotional. There have also been times where I have been looked at as being not educated enough to be in the same place as others. But God, you have proven yourself over and over again because you have raised me up in positions that had it not been for you, the people that claimed that I should not be there would have cast me out. But you have put me in places to prove to others and to me that you are who you are. And the ones that made these comments could not believe that I was raised to that level that you've raised me to multiple times. God, I can go on and on. This spirit has been devastating to me in my race multiple times. I've even seen where others were spat on or heard vile comments because of the color of their skin. And it has been killing your creation. This spirit knows it. That's what he does. He makes others think they are less. And that was never your plan, Lord. You've created your people to live in unity. You've created your people to love each other so that others will see that equality is in you, as was mentioned by Greg. We have learned, even us as Ignition Church, to love each other. And we do love each other dearly, despite what we look like or where we come from. And Lord, one of the things that I've been saying for years and years, we were not born with this division. This spirit comes in and tries to teach even babies how to reject each other. This is his goal, to get to our young people in divide so he can conquer. We are here tonight, Lord, to put an end to him. And what he has done for so long. And we will, we will prove to him that his goal to divide this country, as we've seen over and over again, because of the divisiveness that has been spewed into many, that we can't live together. We can't be together. We can't fellowship together. Even as Greg mentioned, there are some churches that will not accept someone of another color to worship you. Father, you and I 
spoke of this one church that was 100% my color, Lord. And I thought it was a place where we could welcome anyone. And I invited a friend to fellowship with me, and she was told that she didn't belong. And I never thought that racism was on the other side, especially in your church. But Father, this is why you are calling us here today to bring an end to this. Because you want your bride to be in fellowship with each other. Not because we are different, but because we serve you. And you are the one that leads us back when this spirit is defeated, Father. I could go on and on, Lord, but I submit that in your court, in Jesus' name. Shannon then said, the spirit is speaking, let me share what he said. Your Honor, I would like to present a witness for my case. As you have received testimony for the prosecution, while Wendy was giving her testimony, this was one of the only times I've seen, and this is Shannon speaking, while Wendy was giving her testimony, this is one of the only times I've seen but I've seen Max has entered the courtroom. The father then said, I will allow the witness take the stand. The spirit of inequality said, with your permission, I will examine this witness. The father said, granted. The spirit then said to Max, would you say that those who represent the prosecution live out of equality? Max said, no. The Spirit said, have you any evidence that they have not? Max said, yes. They cast me from their presence. They ignored my texts. They would not answer my calls. They shunned me like I was less than them. The Spirit said, would you say, in view of this case, they could be called hypocrites? Max said, yes, I would say that. The Spirit then said, so, Your Honor, I would ask you to receive this evidence that the very inequality in church that they speak of, they practice themselves. They have cast this individual from their midst, publicly humiliating him, and truly left him without guidance. Is not his life and his path a reflection of these things? How they have failed him? I have no questions for my witness. The father then said to Max, you may leave. And I cautiously interrupted the father. Father, if I may, do I have a right to cross-examine? The father then said, yes. I said, thank you, father. Do I have the right to speak to Max and ask him questions directly? The father said, yes. Max, the first question that I would ask is for you to explain the relationship you have with this spirit. What you, what brought you here tonight? I ask in Jesus' name and I remind you that this court, that in this court there are grave penalties for not speaking truth. Max then said, I felt it was my duty to inform this court of your hypocrisy. I said, Max, do you recall the beginning of our relationship? He said, yes. I said, do you recall the things not of God, but of witchcraft that you were involved with prior to accepting the Lord as your Savior? He said, I do not see how this pertains to this case. I said, you don't have to see how this pertains to this case. You are my witness, and I have the right to cross-examine 
so you will answer the question. The spirit then said, Objection, Your Honor, he is being hostile with my witness. I responded, Your Honor, I am not being hostile. I am simply stating that the question must be answered. He is no longer the defense's witness, as he is under my cross-examination. The father then responded, I will allow the prosecution to move on. I said, in the beginning of our relationship, Max, you spoke of witchcraft. You spoke of your life prior to knowing Christ as Savior. You did, I believe, accept Jesus into your heart. But that is only for you to know and him to know. But then we will begin, but then we began building a relationship. I poured relationship with Jesus Christ into you. Do you recall the time investment that I gave you at the beginning? He said, yes, but it was only to advance your ministry. I responded, if that is truly what you think, then I didn't do a very good job, did I? Because it wasn't just to bring you into the ministry. It wasn't just to advance the number of people here. It was out of love for you. Max, in your heart of hearts, you know that I love you. You may think that love looks differently than what I do. But you have heard me say, and you have seen me show love for you. Do you deny this? His response was, I don't know. I said, I know you think you are following the voice of God, but that is not his voice. I want you to understand why I have done and we have done what we did from my perspective. The the spirit then said, Objection, we are not here for a lecture. The prosecution should cross-examine the witness. I said, Father, he is the one that said he didn't know, so I am simply displaying the love that I have for him. I think that is very relevant and very important. And Father, I further submit that I am not the one who brought this witness here, but 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 he, the defense, did. So I asked Father for leeway in Jesus' name. Then the Father responded to the Spirit and said, I grow tired of these interruptions from the defense. We will allow the finishing of this cross-examination. I then said, Max, in the relationship that you and I were building, I continued to share with you how important it was to focus solely on the Lord and not on gifts. Not on what he does, but focus on him because it is through the purity of that relationship and that focus that everything else is built. From my perspective, you began to listen to voices that you thought were God, but were not. And even when you were confronted with that possibility that they were not, that was a struggle in your heart. And I understand that, but you have to understand from my perspective, I can't do anything about what is between you and God or you and any other spirit. I can only advise, love, try to direct, and then listen to the Lord. This is what I did with you. When that relationship began to get toxic, because of what you had allowed into your life, it then switched from a point of investment into a point of protection. It's not, it's not different than what Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 5 when there was sin there. 
After they had gone through the steps of Matthew 18, which I did with you, I came to you directly many times. Then we had discussions with others. The elders were some of those. And then finally it was with the church. It became a point of protection for the church and protection for you. It says in 1 Corinthians 5, 5, You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Max, I believe with my whole heart that you know Jesus Christ as Savior. But the path that you are going down and continue to this day to go down is destroying what you could have with him. So this verse applies, and that's exactly what we did. We cut off communication for your sake, so that you could have no more hand in the destruction of what God was putting together here. Understand that this was not my desire, and it's not my desire now. I love you. We all do. But it does not mean we will not fight the spirits that control you. One day I hope that you will give everything to the Lord. That you will purely build relationship with Him. Not allowing these other voices to have any place in your life. Until that time, we've simply applied the Word of God. This has nothing to do with equality or inequality. It has to do with love. I want the best for you. And you have made the wrong choices. So I submit that this witness is an example of inequality, an example of our love. For the shunning, as he called it, was not out of haughtiness. It was out of deep sorrow and out of love for him. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Moments later, Shannon said, I don't hear anything. I said, Father, I assume that since the defense is not saying anything, that they have nothing for rebuttal to what I said. Therefore, if it pleases the court, I ask your judgment, Father, on the fact that this was love and not a spirit of inequality or haughtiness. I ask this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The father then said to Max, Max, do you know what this court is? Can you hear me? Go home. I said, Father, if the defense has no further comments on this section, we will assume that it stands in agreement with our comments, and we request to move on to section 2 in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father then said, let's move on. I said, Father, let me also state that it creates in me an extreme sense of anger and frustration what this spirit has done. And I submit that Max is an example of how he has torn your church apart. But I will move on to section two, which is where this spirit gained authority. We see this spirit's authority throughout the world. And as I stated before, throughout the time, throughout time, all the way back to the very beginning. But specifically what we are talking about today is the territory that Abaddon was in charge of. South America, Central America, North America. This whole area that was very different before the 1400s. For this sense of inequality first came into this area in the form of slavery. 
Not even slavery as we know it and have fought it for years in the United States, but slavery of Indians. That's where it all began. From the first time Columbus came over, not just to America, not just to the areas of this continent, but to those islands in the Caribbean, Central America, and South America, the Indian race permeated this entire hemisphere. From the American Indians in the north to the Aztecs down south, even to the Chichimecas, which were taken heavily into slavery. I mention them because of the personal contact I have had with that nation in Mexico. But slavery was brought in at the very beginning for a few reasons, and primarily through the nation of Spain. They took slaves because they needed labor for the gold mines and silver mines they had discovered here in the New World. Slavery became a very profitable business. From this, it migrated to North America. Even in the first settlement of Jamestown, there were slaves brought to that town. These slaves were brought from Africa. Father, I submit my own eyes have seen the garrison that is on the coast of what is now Ghana in sub-Saharan Africa. That was the hub of all slavery going out of Africa to the New World. I saw the corridor and the door where it says the point of no return. I saw the cages that they were kept in, the dungeons where they were to be so packed in they couldn't even sleep, all before taking such a dangerous voyage across the Atlantic. This idea of slavery permeates the early days of our country, both in African slaves as well as Indian slaves, because while our colonies were being built and utilizing black slaves, in Arizona and New Mexico, the Spanish were taking slaves of American Indians, and in turn, American Indians would take slaves even of each other. This inequality thought process permeated the New World. They thought out of necessity, but it was this spirit's plan to permeate from the beginning, so that even when slavery would one day be abolished, it would have the right and authority to permeate every part of our American society. Even in our founding fathers, in the very beginning of this country, there were statements made conveying the clarity of your will and how you see each person as equal. In the preamble to the Declaration of Independence, it states, quote, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, end quote. This was the very foundation of the statement made, declaring the independence of this country from, from England, the birth of a nation, and we are all created equal. Father, that was actually your desire. You are the one that put that in the Declaration of Independence because it wasn't even the writer of it. As an example of this, I submit Thomas Jefferson. He's the one who drafted the Declaration of Independence. He also called slavery an abom and a, quote, abominable crime, end quote. Yet he was a lifelong slaveholder. He fathered at least six children with one of his slaves, Sally Hemings. Yet he never freed her from her slavery. Even when she was over in France as a free person over there, she was working for him as a slave. She was free over in France. This was before she had her children. And she came to an agreement with Jefferson that if she went back to America, that he would free her children. So she went back. 
And Father, he did free all of her children, but he never freed her or any of the other slaves that he owned. This spirit talks of hypocrisy. There is your hypocrisy. Hypocrisy lies in the foundations of this spirit. So it gained access into our government, gained access into our society, and yet by your love it was fought. Father, what you burned into the heart of Abraham Lincoln brought us to a point of abolishment of slavery. This was not without a fight. But Father, I submit this spirit, along with Satan's direction, didn't care that it lost the battle of slavery between the North and the South. Because its authority was already established. Its authority was to have men hate other men and think they are beneath them. This goes on today. It goes on in every part of our society. It permeates it. Even the South and the North still seem to argue about the Civil War and who was better than who. This spirit reveals, this spirit revels in that, and so does Satan. This spirit has permeated your bride, as I stated earlier. Quote, well, our church is better because we have more people. We have a bigger building. We have a better praise team. We have this beautiful land and we have this phenomenal speaker, so ours is better. Come to ours, end quote. Father, I submit that the power of this spirit has kept your bride from understanding what real unity is. The authority of this spirit is enormous, even in ways that we don't see as an issue and, and even joke about. I submit that I joke about it all the time, how my sports team is better than another sports team. And Father, I'm not going to argue about the idea of competition or anything else. My point is this, that this spirit has permeated every part of our lives. It has gained authority in every part of our lives. Where is your bride in this? Where is your bride? It is because of the idea of keeping within ourselves that we are better than another, that we, can't, that we don't do what we are supposed to do. We don't love how we are supposed to love. It is because of the influence of this spirit and hand in hand with Satan's influence on it and through it. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Then Shannon whispered to me, may I ask for a recess? I said, Father, I ask for a recess in Jesus' name. He said, granted. During the recess, Shannon told us that her and Josh had visited recently the Liberty Bell. It was last Saturday. And Shannon felt the evil, and it increased as, as they walked closer to the Liberty Bell, even so much that she had to leave. The stench, even a block away of evil, overpowered Sharon, Shannon. Josh had to pray over her. She believes it is a mockery of equality. It was a symbol of equality for the nation, but is a mockery in fact. This was brought to her attention during the case to bring up. She also visited Jefferson's house right near the Liberty Bell. As she was explaining this, I started to look up the Liberty Bell and see what it said on it. And, and just quickly, I mean, we were only in recess for a couple of minutes, but, but quickly get some information on it. So I looked it up. 
And, and while I was looking that up, Alexis was explaining some of the things that she was seeing in the court. Then I came back and I said, Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you allow us to come back from the recess and further submit something in this section. Ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Father said, let the record show the prosecution has used one recess. Would you like to proceed? I said, thank you, Father. I would like to present one further piece of evidence that is an example of this spirit flying in the face of your will, Father. That is the very symbol of the Liberty Bell. This symbol has a few inscriptions on it. The first inscription reads, quote, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. End quote. And Father, I would like to state that that, that is from Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10. And that verse says this, And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and you shall return every man unto his family. Father, the very basis for this equal for the, the very basis for this was equality. For that is what the jubilee year was. And this spirit gained authority that produced a crack in this bell. The very symbol that this bell was supposed to be was marred by the inequality of this spirit. It had other inscriptions on it as well. But the interesting thing that I want to point out is that the first inscription was appropriately engraved into the Liberty Bell. Because in the biblical verse directly preceding verse 10, the Bible references the 50th year. This is no coincidence. The Pennsylvania Assembly ordered the Liberty Bell in 1751 to commemorate the 50th anniversary of William Penn's Charter of Privileges, written in 1701 at Pennsylvania's first constitution. And Father, we have submitted before that the law that was written by William Penn was what was originally intended for the bulwark for this nation. So at the very anniversary that would commemorate your jubilee year, through Satan's influence of this spirit, it defiled the equality of what Liberty Bell was supposed to represent. I don't begin to know the ramifications of that authority in the spirit, but what we see today is inequality everywhere. We see racism everywhere. We see people at each other's throats everywhere. Father, instead of having a difference ideologically with somebody, it becomes a difference of hate. There is no hate in love, but there is justice. And we ask for your justice in the influence of this spirit. I submit this further evidence in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father then said, in my own name, I receive it. Then there was a pause, and eventually I said, Father, I ask if there is no rebuttal from the defense that it be submitted to the courts as his agreement of where he gained authority in this country and in this region, or his agreement to everything that was said. I submit that in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Father, I ask for your judgment on that. This was after a little bit of a pause. I ask for your judgment on that. If it will be submitted to the record that his silence is his absolute agreement. 
along with the agreement that Satan was the original influencer of this spirit. I submit this request in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. The Father said, granted. I said, Father, I further submit that if there is any witchcraft or curses coming against any of the sight that you have given here today or against Shannon's ears, I ask that it be crushed in Jesus' name because she was, she was struggling to hear and by the power of his blood and that all demonic spirits associated with these curses, I ask in Jesus' name. Father said, she is under my protection. Shannon asked Alexis, do you still see the spirit? Alexis said, I think so. Shannon said, okay. I said, and Father, if it please the court, I request to move on to section 3, which is your will regarding this spirit. I ask in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. Father said, yes, please share the evidence. I said, Father, the evidence will simply come from your word. For your word speaks truth and it shows your heart. In John 4, 7 through 14, Jesus in his life showed an example of what it means to love all. It says, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become a, in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I then said, Father, I submit that even Jesus in his lifetime showed by example that we are not to think of others below ourselves. In Romans 12, 9 through 21, it says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, contrary if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I said, Father, in this you display your heart to be 
by saying our hearts are to burn for others. Not to see them as below us. Not to see them as any different from us. But to see them through your eyes. You said in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13. For just as the body is one and it has many members. And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And all were made to drink of one spirit. Father, you have given us all access to your Holy Spirit. When we accept Jesus Christ, your Son, into, your son into our heart as Savior, you open a door to relationship. You give the gift of your Spirit, and it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter our credentials, our resume, because in you we are already made kings. We are sons of God. We are loved by you. John 13, 34, and 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Father, you showed that by the very absence of this Spirit, we show love. By seeing others in a light as you see them, we don't push them away because we pull them close. We pour, our love, we pour our love that comes from you out onto them because you are love. That is why you said in Genesis 1:27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. That made precious every single human being that's been created and procreated. For each one is special to you. So special that you gave the right of choice. And it is upon that choice that dictates the rest. But Father, you are an equal God. You love massively those who choose you and those who do not. I submit it breaks your heart to come against those who have denied you. But I further submit it is because of their own choices you said in Acts 10, 34 and 35, that you are not a respecter of persons. It says, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is, accept- is acceptable to him. Father, it was through this process that you showed that the Gentiles were grafted into your plan. Paul said later in his writings that it was your plan all along that that the Gentiles be grafted in. This was because all are equal in your sight. All should be equal in our sight. This is your will. That is our desire. Because love demands nothing less. So I submit, Father, that it is your will that this spirit be crushed. That this spirit of inequality which encompasses so many things including racism, be crushed. I ask that its authority be stripped, that everything that, it has been, everything that has been done be held to its account, and that your wrath be full on what it has done. I ask that every bit of what it has done be penned to Satan himself, who is the father of all these lies, all of these authorities. This is what we ask for, that this spirit be bound and cast to the abyss. I submit this in Jesus' name and by the power of his blood. (coughs) Then the father spoke and said, You 
spirit of inequality. Your actions have been weighed. You have stolen. You have oppressed the free. You have taken captive my people. You have put a strong arm on this nation. Your deeds will be uncovered. Your lies and your systems exposed. You will have no more authority in this nation in your deception in promoting equality when really you promote inequality, captivity, destruction, and self-gain. These things you have been found guilty of. It is to these things you will, you will be held to account. I render a verdict against you, and in regards to the United States of America, you are found guilty. By my name, I bind you. My, by my own authority, I strip you of your influence. You are to flee for your life, as a legion called freedom will gather you up until the time of your permanent fate. Then the gavel came down. This was, this was a big one. I mean, they all are. Each week seems to be bigger and bigger. But this is the one that has teared at the fabric of this country. It has pulled us apart in so many ways. It has pulled families apart. It has pulled, fam- it made families make a choice. And you've, you've probably heard this for a long time. Not just with Trump, current situation, but for a long time. I remember hearing it when I was a kid that, well, in our family, we don't discuss politics, <laughs> right? We don't discuss politics because half the pa- half family believes this, other half the family believes this. And if we start discussing politics, it'll rip the family apart, right? The problem is that in and of itself was a plan to silence the bride, to silence the very people that would speak up for what is right. I want to urge you, church, don't be silent. Don't be silent. Speak up for what's right. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we worship you and praise you. And Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the gift of your court, for the gift of your righteousness, for the gift of you. And Lord, I know this was long today. But Lord, burn it in our hearts what it means to truly love. What it means to truly love the people outside of our own area, our own church, our own family, our own circle of friends. Show us, Lord. And as you have now bound the authority of this spirit, teach us, teach your bride how to go after its remnants, how to go after the authorities that are found in individuals, that they will be crushed before you so that those individuals can be freed. We love you so much. In Jesus' precious name.